Hi, everybody. I'm Grant Fishbook, and I'm the lead teaching pastor here at Christ the King Church in Bellingham. I want to thank you for accessing this online content. We're so glad that you've decided to watch this message today. And one of our values here at Christ the King is biblical community. And so I just want to encourage you uh, and remind you that while we are glad that you are accessing this content, this is absolutely no replacement for face-to-face biblical community wherever you happen to be. If you happen to be in our area, we would love to welcome you to any one of our five campuses. But if you're watching this somewhere else in the country or somewhere else in the world, I hope that you'll take the opportunity to find a biblical community where you can both give and receive as you continue your journey with Jesus. Well, this week we're gonna continue our series called The Invitation. Christmas is an amazing time of year. So we'd like to invite you to join the rest of the family here at Christ the King Church as we continue our new series, The Invitation. seems a little insignificant, unless, of course, we turned all the lights off, and then we would all realize something. In that much darkness, a little bit of light goes an awfully long way. 700 years before Jesus was even born, a humble prophet by the name of Isaiah said these words that are still inspiring to this day. 
He said, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And tonight we gather to celebrate that light. And I am so thankful that you chose to come to this service and not the last one because we would have had no room for any of you to celebrate that light. Twelve years ago, Pastor Ryan Irvin came to me and said, Grant, I need a favor. I'd like to propose to Nicole at a Christmas Eve service at Christ the King Church. My response was this. So, Ryan, just how confident are you that she's going to say yes? Because if she doesn't say yes, you're going to ruin Christmas for everyone that night. No pressure. The reason that I asked that is because I had actually witnessed another live moment where a young man got down on one knee and asked a young lady for her hand in marriage. And when she said no, none of us knew what to do. So I asked Ryan, Ryan, what is the probability of her actually saying the word yes? He assured me that it was a fairly high, there was a fairly high rate of return with regards to his question. He had researched it carefully. And I want you to know this, it happened once and it will never, ever, ever happen again because I don't want to ruin our perfect record. We are one for one. When it comes to proposals in live services at Christ the King, we are batting 1,000. So if you want to come and ask me at another time, my answer to you on the front end is going to be no. But just for the record, so everybody knows, 12 years ago, when Ryan asked the question, Nicole said yes. The Christmas story is full of people who say yes to God. We're going to start as far away from the manger as we can and work towards the manger. The Magi said yes, but think about it. They're comfortably at home. They're living out in the east, minding their own stars, and God shows up with an invitation to follow a little flickering light in the heavens. The Bible says after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. I mean, just think about it. They could have said no. They could have said, I'm not traveling that far. I'm not going to travel camel class. Are you kidding me? That's far too inconvenient. That's far too bothersome. And, and, and the, the celestial guidance system, it's completely unreliable. They could have said no. We want nothing to do with this story. But they didn't. They said Yes. And we see them arriving a few years after Jesus was born. It says, we have seen his star when it rose and we have come to worship. God invited the wise men into an opportunity and their reward was they got to see God face to face. Not only did the magi, the wise men say yes, the shepherds said yes too. But think about their story. They're out in the fields outside of Bethlehem, minding their own sheep, and God shows up and gives them an invitation to witness something. The Bible says, and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign unto you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. 
Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one to another, Nah, I'm not going anywhere near Bethlehem. Bethlehem's horrible. Why would we step into that kind of a place? We are vilified and marginalized. We're the outcasts of society. Why in the world would we subject ourselves to that kind of a birthday party when they know we're just going to get kicked out anyway? I don't want to see a baby anyway. Babies are completely messy. I just think we should stay here with the sheep. Is that how your Bible reads? He could have said no. Nobody trusted shepherds. We like to make them so clean and sanitary in our nativities, but the truth is they were rough and they were outsiders. And they could have said no to the invitation to the birthday of a king, but instead they said yes. The Bible says they said... Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. God invited them into a risky opportunity to be included at the birthday of the King of Kings. And the reward for saying yes was they got to see Jesus face to face. Let's take another step closer. Joseph said yes. Preached about this a couple weeks ago. Joseph's just minding his own business, being holy and righteous. The Hebrew word was, he was sadiq. He was unbelievable. At least he was until Mary broke his heart. Imagine that conversation. Joseph, I'm pregnant. You're what? I'm pregnant. But I haven't been with you, and I haven't been with anybody else. And God shows up with an invitation to sacrifice. The Bible says this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I mean, just think about it for a second. Joseph could have said no. Absolutely not. I'm not going to sacrifice my reputation. I've been living, trying to build this reputation for years and years and years. This story is nuts. What do you mean a virgin birth? How in the world does that go together? Maybe he even said it to her, Mary, I don't want to pay that kind of price. He could have said no, but after the angel said, but Joseph, there's a bigger plan going on here, he actually said yes. The Bible says this, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He made the decision, the decision to do the godly thing, destroyed his earthly reputation. He didn't care. And here was the payoff for him saying yes to God. He got to see the king of kings face to face. Let's step one more step closer. Mary said yes. I mean, just think about her, right? Minding her own business, preparing to get married thinking that her and Joseph had this beautiful life all planned out, and then God shows up with an invitation to surrender to a crazy-sounding plan. If you've never heard it, here it is. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words, wondering what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Do you notice that to every single one of these people, God has to send an angel to say, don't be afraid. You know why? Because they're freaked out. They're all freaked out. Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? That's a good question. That's a good question. And right there, Mary could have said no. No. You can't have my body. No, you can't borrow my reputation. You can't have my future. You can't have my Joseph. We've got plans. We're going to be newlyweds. She could have said no. What I love about Mary, at least she waited for an answer. How can this be? Because I'm a virgin. That doesn't go together, angel. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Okay, it's a God thing. That helps everything, doesn't it? And right there again, she could have said no. I'm not going to be the brunt of gossip. I'm not going to be the talk of the town. You can't borrow my womb, God. Leave me alone. She could have said no, but she didn't. She said, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And here was her reward for saying yes to God. She got to see Jesus, the King of Kings, face to face. Saying yes to God does not mean that your, your life is going to be perfect. Saying yes to God often means exactly the opposite. Sometimes it's just plain difficult because this is not His kingdom, not this way. Sometimes saying yes to God means hardship and difficult choices. Don't kid yourself. Following Jesus is not easy. But when you say yes to God, no matter what life brings, his kingdom comes, the world makes sense, and you get to see Jesus face to face, even in the midst of pain, even in difficult circumstances. This past year... We had a story happening right underneath of your noses. Within the last seven months, this story has actually happened. It's the story of, of a man who said yes to God in the most unlikely, craziest of circumstances. My friend's name is Librato. Librato sat right down here in the first service with his family. And he blessed us not only with his presence, but he also blessed us with his story because he kept saying yes to God, even though the season of life that he was in became more and more difficult. He's my brother. He's my friend. I love his heart, and I'm inspired by his trust because in spite of everything that happened to him in the last seven months, he just kept saying yes to God. This is the story of how Librato said yes to Jesus and God did a miracle. Let's watch it together. My name is Librado Villa. I born in Havana, Cuba. I live in the United States almost about 39 years. Right now I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
But my life before no was nothing good. So I was in drugs and sleeping in the street only for a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of years. So I went to the jail and later I get out of the jail and the same, the same people in the same area and the same everything, drogas and drogas. So the third time I went to the jail, that's when I find the Jesus Christ. So when I get out of the prison in 1998, I went to the program in Albany, New York, Christian program. I started learning about the Jesus, the New Testament, and how much of the God loved us, and how much of God loved me. Directo from Everett, she told me, no, you're not ready. You got to go to do another program. So they sent me to me to Berlin. I enjoyed the program, Christian program in Berlin at the mission. I got to know Labrado when he was in our New Life program here at the mission. He graduated now, I believe it was probably three years ago. He uh, has since returned to us and worked for us on a contract basis, uh, managing our grounds and doing handyman stuff around the mission. And he's been a real, real treat to have around. His main goal is to let you know that God loves you and that he cares about you, that you have a value and a purpose. Labrado was an encourager. He, he constantly brought encouragement to people who were feeling discouraged or if he sensed that you were lonely or, or afraid, he would speak that into your life. I originally met Lebrado down at the Lighthouse Mission. Lebrado calls me his hermano, which means brother in Spanish. Um, I call him the same. And because of my law practice, and I've sort of volunteered to help him out. Every year we, we go down to immigration. Last year I went with him as well. I'd give him a ride down. Um, and last year it was simple and smooth. Sign the form, go on your way. So having gone through the immigration process myself, what I knew was uh, the rules often are not applied across the board. They're not consistent, unfortunately, he just got caught up in rules and interpretation. But at the end of the day, you know, he wants to follow the rules. That's, that's you know, part of his, his view on life. Hey, you night, so I have to go inside. They told me, oh, okay, Librado, you can stay signed for forever. So we do this, this deal for you. We try to give it to you, passport, to put to you back to Cuba. So they locked out me and put me in the prison of Tancoma. Labrado was surprisingly calm, honestly. He initially said, okay, where do you want me to go? I mean, you could see he was, he was upset, but at the same time, he was ready for it anyway. I was not ready for it. So I started arguing with him and I, I started crying at one point. He said, this is a good human being, you know, you can't, you can't take this guy's life away from him. You know, because he has no family in Cuba. He's got, he doesn't know anyone in Cuba. He's been here for 40 years. Um, and he's very happy here. He's really found a home here with the mission and Christ the King. And it's become his, his home and his family. When I found out that Labrado was detained, um, I was in shock. Right? And I was, I was genuinely angry. Uh, and then I was very sad. My fear was that you're taking somebody who's a light, somebody who's a, uh, a gift in our community, and you're, you're putting them in a place where they have no opportunity to be received by the world. So he taken me from, from Belgium and he put me in the jail and he said, 
dice my people, I want it, que you take care of those people. Me dice, yeah, I take care of anything that you want. Si you put me in Cuba, in Venezuela, in China, in any way that you put me, I mean, he say yes, because you, you, you playing is the most beautiful playing that you have for me. You playing is wonderful. So I start preaching the word the God. And I don't say, hey, you come and you come and you come and all the God bring to me the people that want to enjoy Jesus Christ. God put us in here for something. And the God want to change with life. And two weeks, I have 35 people in my church. <laughs> it's incredible. Incredible what the God doing. It's incredible. That's a miracle. So what I found out was Librato was baptized while he was there, but then he began baptizing other people that were joining his church. We baptized about 35 people. And also the administration and the Copa de Sio, they come to see the baptism. They stopped me. We never see that inside the prison. Ice called me and he said, Librado, uh, you relief. And he said, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> when he got released, I, I knew what was happening because we filed a lot of paperwork to try to, to try to make it happen. It was a long, long struggle. And then he called me. I wasn't expecting it that day. He called me and said, hey, they called me. Tomorrow morning I have an appointment with ICE to, to process out. So what does Librado mean to me, just he and I? Yeah, it's friendship. And so he allowed us to have uh, a relationship over a long period of time. And it allowed me to trust that God uh, is always in control and that God can do anything. Labrado used this difficult moment for God's glory. Labrado had actually been set free years earlier when he gave his heart fully and completely to Jesus. He's been set free time and time and time again. And now he used this opportunity to help other people find freedom. And maybe, maybe this story this Christmas is about all of us finding freedom. He take everything, everything back that you have inside of you. He give it to him and he take it. And he give it to you something good. He put me in the jail, and he showed the administration, he showed the seal, he showed the everybody, the glory to God. Mira, this is my son, and now look at what he do inside the prison. I know where when I was in the jail, because he, he took me in Joshua, one seven, he always stay with me. No feel free, no feel, no, you always, I stay with you, you know? So, I know that always the guy is with me, always. One of the first times that I ever talked to Librato, I was having a rough morning, and I ran into him back here in the hallway between services. And Librato's story touched me so deeply because of something that he once said to me. He said, Grant, when you say yes to God, amazing things can happen. Amazing things can happen. 
The wise men said yes, went on a journey to find God. They saw God face to face. The shepherds said yes. They came face to face with the king of kings because they were willing to say yes. Joseph said yes, and there was an unbelievable cost to him, but he got to see Jesus, the king of kings. Mary said yes, and God honored her with the gift of Jesus that she got to hold in her hands. Librato said yes to unbelievably difficult circumstances, and God used him for his glory. I mean, for how many of you do you even think that's in the realm of the po- of possibility? You go into jail and your first thought is, glorious opportunity to plant a church. <laughs> of course that's what God would want me to do. That's almost as crazy as a virgin birth, right? It just doesn't seem to go together. If that ended up happening to me, I, I, I'm wondering what my response would be. You know what I think it would be? Honestly, I'd be sitting in the corner sucking my thumb saying, God, why in the world? Why me? but not the Librato. Librato said yes. And because he said yes to God, even in difficult circumstances, God brought hope and freedom into a prison because one person was willing to say yes. Librato's name means liberator, free man. And he lived up to his name just like Jesus did. An explanation of Jesus' name, for he will save his people from their sin. The Magi said yes, the shepherd said yes, Mary said yes, Joseph said yes, but my friends, please don't miss this. Jesus had to say yes too. He had to say yes to, even though he was fully God and fully man, human and righteous, he said yes to God the Father's plan and lived up to his name to save all of us from our sin. And I don't know how you picture the conversation, but I picture it somewhat this way. God the Father talking to his own son Jesus and saying to him, Jesus, do you understand? You're going to have to give up heaven to go and be with them. Yes. Jesus, you're going to have to limit yourself in human flesh. You're God, but you're going to have to wrap humanity around yourself. Yes. Jesus, you're going to have to live with them and be with them in order to save them. Yes. Jesus, do you understand you're going to have to wear diapers? You're going to be helpless. God himself is going to be this big. Do you understand that? Yes. Jesus, do you understand that that a lot of them aren't going to understand you? Many will reject you. Many are going to abandon you. Yes, Jesus, do do you get it that you're going to be a perfect sacrifice? You're going to have to die on a cross to pay a penalty they can't pay in order to set them free. Yes, I understand that. Jesus, when you take their sin, do you understand that I, as your Father, am going to have to turn my back on you? Yes, I understand. Jesus, do you understand that the manger is just the entry point, but that you're going to grow and live a perfect life and then you're going to have to die on a cross and actually die. Yes, I understand that. Jesus, do you understand you're going to have to defeat sin and death once and for all because they can't do it for themselves? Yes, I understand. Jesus, are you willing to love them that much? Yes. Yes. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting, eternal life. Jesus said yes. He said yes for you. He said yes for me. And this Christmas, 
I can tell you exactly what Jesus wants for Christmas. He wants you. All of you. Jesus offered the gift of himself, and now you have an opportunity to do the same. And just like happened in the last service, my prayer right now is that instead of closing yourself off, that you'll just open yourself up to say, God, what would that look like if I said yes? If you're anything like me, and I've walked the same journey your first thought may be, but I got all this baggage, Grant, you don't understand. I've got so many bad decisions. I locked myself in my own prison of bad decisions in my own pain, and I've taken the gift of my life, and I did my own thing with that. Can I tell you something? I did that too. Walked away from God for years. Spit on the grace and forgiveness that God offered me. I chased religion. I chased philosophy. I chased the scientific empirical method. I chased all of them. I chased my own definition of freedom, of what would fill this hole inside of my soul, and I ended up empty. Empty and alone. That's where Jesus found me, empty, alone, a victim of my own decisions. And even when he showed up in my life and I was completely devastated, when I cried out to him and said, would you please save me? He said, yes. And I will never forget that moment. I still struggle to fully comprehend it. But I remember the moment when I said yes to Jesus. And I received Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And the craziest thing happened. I actually found freedom. He set me free. He lived up to his name, and my name didn't even matter anymore. And the truth is, that's what we're hoping and praying happens for you this Christmas weekend. Because in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to God. And you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is not what I planned on doing. I came here to come to a Christmas service. I needed to get my mom and my grandma off my back. That's what I do. It's Christmas time, and you had no idea. That the King of Kings on his birthday celebration would say, I want you. I love you. And if you were the only person on the face of God's green earth, I would have come and saved you anyway. So in a few moments, we're going to pray. It's a moment for people to say yes to the gift of freedom and yes to the gift of salvation and yes to the gift of forgiveness. And, and my prayer right now is that, that you wouldn't close yourself off, but that you would open your heart fully and completely so that you will know that God came to say yes to you. So maybe your heart was stirred in the worship Maybe your heart was stirred as part of the story. Maybe your heart was stirred in just anything that was going on earlier today. And I just want to say to you, saying yes to Jesus today is the most important decision that you'd ever make. Because like I said before, God only wants one thing for Christmas. He wants you. So we're going to pray. Don't be freaked out. Praying is just talking to God. It's as simple as that. And he's going to hear us. I met a man named Paul after the last service who came up that I ran from Jesus my whole life. But tonight I said yes. The same miracle that happened to Labrado happened to Paul. And my prayer is that this Christmas you'll allow God to say yes to you by saying yes to him.
So let's pray together. You bow your head and close your eyes just so you can concentrate and everything else will just kind of disappear into the background. But if tonight you want to say yes to Jesus, yes to forgiveness, yes to freedom, yes to hope, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me in your heart right now. In the deepest part of your soul, just simply pray, Jesus, I believe you came on that first Christmas to save me from my sin and save me from myself. So God, right now, I I say yes to you. God, forgive me. I tried to do life my own way. God, forgive me for those moments when I dishonored you with the wrong decisions. God, right now, I give all of myself to you. I say yes, and I open my heart, and I ask, would you be my Lord and my Savior? God, right now, I give you my past, my present, and my future. My gift to you is my life. I say yes to you because you promised you'd say yes to me. And I thank you right now for saving my story and saving my life and giving me hope on this Christmas. Father God, thank you for saying yes to all of us. I pray these things in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Well, thank you again for watching. We're so glad you accessed this content online. I want to encourage you again to make sure you get connected in biblical community wherever you are. If you'd like to get more information about Christ the King Church, if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you'd like to give online, we'd encourage you to go to ctk.church. We hope to see you again really soon.